0: When you're admitting what you're feeling, when you're admitting what you need and who you are, then there becomes an actionable step then, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, you're sad or you're angry. So then what are you going to do about it? And taking an action, you know, that becomes something that like people want to avoid. And so it's the same thing with like having that line of compromise. So that's like you being self-aware enough. Of yourself, of your feelings, of what you need, of who you are, and then drawing that line—that's like an actionable step that some people would just rather avoid altogether. And I think that's why people stay in friendships that are toxic, stay in abusive relationships, stay at jobs that don't appreciate them. It's because they're not um, being—they're not—they're not drawing that line. They're not reflecting enough on what they want as individuals.
1: Hi, this is Kishara, and you are listening to Undiscovered Worth, the podcast. This season is all about difficult conversations, the conversations we have with ourselves and the conversations we have with others. In this episode, I speak with my really, really good friend, Gina, um, about the difficult conversations that we have to have with ourselves, um, the amount of self-awareness that's required. We talk about inspiration versus aspiration. We talk about all sorts of things and I'm just so excited to have you all jump into it and listen. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, be sure to share, rate, like, subscribe, all the things. And most importantly, I hope that you take the content and you engage with someone else. Enjoy. Oh, you are the first person i've interviewed in literally like a year.
0: Oh my gosh, well that's scary.
1: No, no, no. This is going to be good. I I think I, <laughs> I think i needed that whole year break because like i've i've sent interview questions to people, but as far as like having a conversation with people that's different, you know what i mean? So I feel like a year or six months of therapy and moving out of my husband's house and all of that stuff was really good for me. Like, I've, I feel so much better. Like, I've got more to get and give and all the things, you know?
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you have something to say. You have a voice.
1: Oh yeah. Well, you know that's the interesting thing, and like in therapy and even like in marriage counseling, like both of my, both of our, or my therapist and our therapist talk about like they always are reminding me like you have a voice, you need to use your voice, and I'm like, Ooh, I'm scared. <laughs> You're like I do. Um, uh, quiet. Yeah, yeah. But do you know? Honestly, I think that plays a part in relationships. Even if it's, like, friendships or in, like, romantic relationships, like, oftentimes I feel like I, in some way, lose myself in trying to please the other person, you know? Oh, a
0: thousand percent.
1: And I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if that's something that just, like, women go through or... I feel like it's something that everyone goes through, but I think women are more likely to talk about it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But this whole idea of, like, finding your voice and how important that is before you go into any relationship, even if it's just, like, a friendship. Um, I think that's really important. And that's something I didn't realize until literally the shit show of this year.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's it's one of those things, too, where relationships take sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And, and you are sacrificing things to be in any relationship Um, but knowing like what is a sacrifice versus what is a compromise, you know, and that being like, okay, I'm, I'm giving my time for this person. I'm sacrificing my time, but I know that like, this is the time that I give like every day to like God or this is the time that I give every day to myself and like you're not compromising on those things Mm -hmm. like making sure that you're keeping in mind like what's vital and what's important to your health so that there is never a time when you're you know compromising on your your morals or like the, the things that like fully encompass who you are as a person
1: yeah but that's kind of difficult though i feel like like i guess for some reason in my mind i feel like people who are in their like 30s or 40s or older like oh yeah like they already they already know what that line of compromise is i feel like when you're in your 20s you're literally it's like everything's on fire and you've got (laughs) to put everything out and and figure out you know
0: i know people that are older and it's they don't have a line of compromise. Um I I think it's less to do with age and like more to do with um I'm like writing this down as we go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um
0: I think it's less to do with age and it's more to do with like self
1: uh like introspection. Mm-hmm. I did like a small group this semester about emotional health and
0: the amount of people in the room that had that they weren't connected with their emotions um it was kind of shocking to me because I'm I don't know if it's just because like I'm a Pisces or I'm crazy but like I don't know I'm (laughs) real attached to my emotions like I can always like name the feeling I'm feeling in that moment and there's people in the room that we're talking about and sharing that they, they don't understand sometimes like what they're feeling, especially if they're feeling anger or sadness, like they'll mask it because they don't want to admit that that's what they're feeling. Um, because I think it's, it's when you're admitting what you're feeling, when you're admitting what you need and who you are, then there becomes a, an actionable step then you know Mm -hmm. you're you're sad or you're angry so then what are you going to do about it
1: and taking an action you know that becomes something that like people want to avoid
0: and so it's the same thing with like having that line of compromise so that's like you being self-aware enough of yourself of your feelings of what you need of who you are and then drawing that line that's like an actionable step that some people would just rather avoid altogether And I think that's why people stay in friendships that are toxic, stay in abusive relationships, stay at jobs that don't appreciate them. It's because they're not being, um, they're not, they're not drawing that line. They're not reflecting enough on what they want as individuals.
1: Damn. Yeah, that's good. I would honestly, I would probably put myself in that category, um, I, mean, I think I'm a lot more connected to my emotions than most people. Like, I would consider myself an empath. But I also realized that I've created this really bad habit of knowing that I'm feeling things and then apologizing for it or, or talking, trying to like talk myself down from feeling those feelings and saying, like, oh, like, like trying to take permission away from myself to feel those feelings. Because it is, it is like, oh, like, once you feel those feelings, what are you going to do about it? And I think for a while, I didn't necessarily feel empowered to do anything about it. So I was just like, oh, I'm just not going to, I'm just going to tell myself that I shouldn't feel those feelings.
0: And I think that's, you know, even with this group that I was in, hearing for the first time that like, expressing your emotions and being in touch with your emotions is not only okay, but it's encouraged and a good thing. And it's a part of your like, well being and your health. Mm-hmm. I had never heard that before. And so I was doing a lot of the things that the group was encouraging, just naturally, but I felt like a guilt or shame over it. Um, Ooh, Why? You know, I think that like the society we live in, they want you to suppress you know, our emotions, especially being a woman, you know, you get labels that if, you know, you cry at chick flicks or you like cheer up when you're watching the voice, then that's like you're too emotional. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, if you like rightfully express anger because a coworker, um, maybe is like demeaning you at work. Um, then that would be considered you're a bitch. Pardon my French.
1: No, you're good.
0: <laughs> um, and you have these labels that are super negative and they're, I think, placed
1: on both genders for feeling too much emotion just in different ways. You know, so then maybe
0: for a man, it's, you know, if you're not, uh, if you can't suppress your emotions enough, then you're you're weak and you're emasculated. Um, So no matter you know what that is, like a woman shouldn't express anger, but a man should express anger. No matter what it is, you have these these constructs by society of how we should or should not be expressing emotions, so that when you do, you feel almost bad for doing it. Mm. And I think that's what causes a lot of because the thing is, we're humans. We have emotions. No matter what, you are going to have emotions. And then if you keep trying to suppress them, they're going to boil up in some other aspect. And so they're going to eventually show themselves and, you know, rather than doing it in a healthy um, way that you have constructed on your own accord, uh, maybe setting aside time to have these emotions, to fully just be absolved in them, then they're going to happen... You know, at different times. So, for example, I was, you know, really depressed and I was on a train and I just randomly started crying on the train. And I told my therapist that story and she said that I should be scheduling time to cry so that I don't cry in public randomly on a train. And to me, that sounded so so rigid and odd to schedule time to do something that felt like it was like a naturally uh, bodily function that's uncontrollable. but I think it's being in touch with your emotions there's a, a part of it where the more you're in touch with it the more you can control it and you can't control certain aspects of it but there the aspects of it that you can control will help just your overall emotional health be more manageable, you know? So you you might not be able to control that something made you feel angry, but you can control if you, like, your self-talk. You can control, like, the words you're speaking to yourself and how you're getting yourself through that anger. You can control whether or not you're going to confront that angry feeling or if you're going to push it aside. And so you have a part in controlling your emotional health and that's so whether you want to stand up and take that or you want to just like walk away from it and have it boil up somewhere else that's that part is on us
1: so i don't know if i told you but season three that's my dog sorry season three of my podcast was gonna be about um the art of difficult conversations did I tell you about that Mm -hmm. so one of the pieces that I feel was missing was and hadn't had the conversation with anybody about the difficult conversations that you have to have with yourself Mm. and so I feel like this kind of falls in line like listening to your emotions and I mean, because essentially, once you listen to your emotions, that's essentially listening to yourself and having to have that conversation yeah. with yourself. So this is super interesting to me because it, the conversations you have with yourself really flood over into the relationships that you have with others.
0: Yeah. Hmm. And I think part of that is... Um, I feel like I might have already told this to you, but I'll just tell it again if I have it. I was in a really bad place a couple months ago, and that's when I started seeing my therapist, and the, and the first thing I said to her was, I I realize, like, I'm self-aware enough to realize that I've been in, in this place before, and time will make it better. And that's the thing. Everybody always says time will make things better. Time will heal you. And I said, I already know that time is going to heal this wound and I will get over this and I will move on but I know that this is a pattern in life like bad things are going to happen again and I don't want to just feel better I want to figure out how that I cannot get to this level of sadness again mm-hmm. like I want to combat this before it even happens again I want to have, you know it's like if, if you're physically weak you know, you, you want to take you don't if you're getting sick all the time and a doctor just gives you an antibiotic to heal you you're going to keep getting sick you know mm-hmm. you have to like completely change your diet your exercise you have to have more vitamins make sure you're getting all your proper nutrients so it's it's one thing to say you want this quick fix of time and time <laughs> that's very it's very ironic that time is a quick fix because time is not quick a lot of the times time feels like it's drawn out and it's taking forever but in the grand scheme of things it is like a quick fix it's a band-aid you're putting on something and you're going to heal to a certain extent Mm -hmm. but if it's not a proper healing then that can you know just like a physical thing like if you had uh an Infection and it, it, it healed over that could be even more dangerous to you than if you just
1: reopened the wound and you cleaned it out before you let it heal. Yeah, are you sure you haven't been talking to my therapist, Teresa? No, <laughs> good. <laughs> Literally, these past few weeks, the literally the past few weeks, like, she's been talking about this idea of your inner child and, like, having to go back to where your issues start, you know, and, like, tending to that younger person that you were, and, and I'm literally just like, I don't want to do it. It's not fun. It doesn't feel good. I don't want to, I don't want to go, I don't want the tools, just, you can keep them. I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man yeah that's that's so true though mm. so has your family? i mean i've known you for how long have i known you like it's going on like three years now so what i know i met you in 2017
0: right oh my gosh that's pretty freaking crazy
1: i know <laughs> So I've known you for this much time and I, I mean, I talk about you all the time to all of my other friends and even (laughs) people that aren't my friends. I'm like, oh my gosh, my friend Dina is so cool. She lives in Philly and she works here. I'm not cool
0: at all, but thank you.
1: But I tell people that like you are one of the most like unapologetically outspoken people that I know, even to the point, like sometimes it makes me uncomfortable, but I don't think it has anything to do with you. I think it's like, it has to do with me. And so I'm just like, I've always been curious, like, where do you get that from? Or were you just like the oddball in your family?
0: Oh my gosh. No, I think that's just like ingrained in any Italian family. (laughs) Everybody's just like outspoken and, and like says it like it is. And And it can be hurtful sometimes to hear things that – I've come to realize – I've, like, learned to rake in this part of me as of late because I've – I've pushed people away by speaking things that are complete truths. Like, they're very – just me being astute and observing the situation and observing the other person – and I push people away in this regard um, because people don't want to hear the bad things about them, you know? And they're not even necessarily bad things, but they don't want to hear the things that they don't want to know, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if, if a girl's dating, like, the same kind of guy, and he's always, you know, a jerk. And I call this out, and I say, well, why are you choosing to date these kinds of guys? You know, that's, that's going to upset people sometimes, and... You know, that's going to push friends away, push people away. And I've kind of reeled that in and and truly thought to myself, like, okay, these people, I might notice things about other people that they have yet to understand about themselves. Mm. And rather than just, like, lay it on them and say, this is what I've noticed about you. It's just best to love the person accordingly and over time maybe that can be something that's revealed to them through nuggets of truth intermixed with, you know, love.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: So kind of like baking little bits of truth into each pie, you know, like just like putting a little bit of like spinach or something that's not very good in like your milkshake, like (laughs) not just like, like laying it down on somebody and being like, this is who you are. How haven't you seen this yet? Yeah. you know, I've been trying to reel that in because I've definitely noticed that something I do is I'm too outspoken sometimes, where it's it's off-putting. And you know, as like uh, as somebody that wants to help somebody, I don't ever want to be off-putting. You know, I want people to feel welcome around me, and that they can come to me, and that I'm not putting them down because that's never my intention. It just comes off that way sometimes when you're hearing things about you that you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. And I, I really realized that about myself. I've, I, I often find myself praying that, you know, God remove the spirit of offense in me because it's so easy for us to get offended about things. And I found myself over the last year, really becoming less and less offended just in, in my everyday life. But Anytime that I do feel that offense, I'm much more easy. I'm much more able to easily capture that thought and like really be self aware enough to like dive deep into that and say, well, why am I feeling offended by this right now? And I found that the things that I feel offended by the most are the things that I'm most self conscious by. Um, you know, if somebody says something about the way I'm spending my money. I might, my first reaction might be to be immediately jump down their throat and say, well, you don't know this about me. and I need to be spending this on this and, and try to defend myself, explain myself, like living in that spirit of offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, well, why are you like that Gina on this subject in particular? And it's because I'm, I'm insecure about it. You know, you're insecure about The way you're spending your money, you're insecure about, am I making enough money as my peers? Am I saving as much as my peers? Am I stewarding it as well as other people? And so I think that that becomes um, a way to kind of deconstruct that that offense is asking yourself, why am I feeling offended? And I feel like a lot of people, you know, when you are outspoken or when other people are outspoken, it, it... It's not that their words are breeding the offense. It's just that they're bringing it to light.
1: Yeah. So it's like once you have the awareness, like how do you, where do you go from there? Mm. That's because that's been my thing. Like I've been asking that more late, more lately, like, you know, you can, I think a lot of times people will be like praying that God, you know, will, for example, like take away the spirit of offense, but like there's some work that's involved and you have to come to your own awareness, but like, what do you do? I think a lot of times people are like, okay, I'm aware. So there it is. I
0: think when, you know, me having prayed those prayers and really focused my mind to that, it's not that he's taken away the spirit of offense. It's just that he's kind of brought it to light in my mind. And I, I've really found myself now it doesn't feel like I'm just speaking without thinking. I'm now much more aware of, like, the words that I'm about to speak. It's almost like there's, like, a voice inside my head saying, do you want to say this? And I'm going to be really honest. Like, I am on a journey right now, and I'm not perfect, so there's times where I hear that voice clearly. Like, do you really want to say this? Do you really want to speak? These words right now, and I still do. I'm like yeah.
1: you're like yep <laughs>
0: <laughs> But it's it, it, having that self awareness is the it's it's one of the hardest parts is having that self awareness and having that ability to say, am I going to say this right now, or I'm not going to say this? And then it becomes a discipline and just saying, I'm not going to say this. I'm not going to choose this. And that's extremely hard in and of itself. But you know especially because it's not, it's not socially normal to not get offended by things. It's not socially normal to, um, to not be feeding into what other people are saying or what other people are doing. And so if, if everybody's talking about somebody and you have that thought, should I be doing this or not? You know, you're, it's going to be hard to say no, because if you don't, if you don't feed into that, if you're not talking about this other person with everybody else, you're not gossiping with the crowds, then people are going to start trying to egg you on more, because that's when they become insecure, their insecurity mm-hmm. put us up. Um, it's no longer um, everybody's doing it mentality. Now it's like they're realizing, well, now I'm gossiping, nobody else is gossiping, mm-hmm. and then they're going to get more angry at you, because it's just highlighting that their insecurities and it's it's all just the more I, I live in this world, the more I interact with people, I just like see so much that a lot of issues they really do stem from people
1: just being insecure and then pushing that out onto other people. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Well, I have to say one thing that I've always been kind of jealous about of you which maybe now it's kind of changed a little bit is that you are so outspoken. Cause I feel like I'm on like the other side of the spectrum where like you're having to reel it in, but I'm having to tell myself like, say it, say it, like, say it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think maybe both, both being on both spectrums, it takes discipline to kind of come to the middle. You know what I mean? Of that yeah. spectrum. So, um, I'm always having to recommend myself, like, use your voice. It's okay. Like you can, you can say that you can, if you really believe that you can say it. And I mean, I'm not like that about everything. Some things that I'm like very outspoken about, like social issues and things like that. But when it comes to things that I guess that brings up my own insecurity about things that I believe or want to say, but I feel like they're disputable. I have this fear of like being proven wrong. So then I'm like, I don't wanna say that, or like maybe this will make that person uncomfortable, so I don't wanna say that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes I I mean I've I've been so jealous of you because 'cause I've been like, oh, she just says it and then she apologizes later. I wish I could do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um Which that's gotten me in trouble, so I'm like something I'd be preaching. <laughs> um Yeah, fear of being proven wrong. That's that is, that's deep, because, yeah, that can really, that can cause people to, to just be stunted in their growth, not just, um, with verbal communication, but that can, like, you know, that can affect your jobs, um, can affect um, your relationship growth with other people. Um, so that's not even just something that can hinder your, your own emotional
1: or spiritual growth, but that's something that can like hinder your growth in just other areas. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I think
0: that's just like a fear mentality and it's, it's easy for like me or somebody else to say, well, you know, why don't you just, like, list the reasons why that fear is inaccurate? But then it's so easy in the moments to just get caught up in this, that kind of fear. Any kind of fear, it's so easy to get caught up in that, even if you can explain it away. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's hard to, like, ex- explain it away in your heart. Um, but I think that all those kinds of things, yeah, it stems back to probably, like, things that have actually happened and especially, like, growing up, like, being a kid or being a child, I think, like, a lot of times you're you're automatically discounted for your age. And I find that I'm discounted for my age, even being 24, you know? Um, in some regards, it's you're old enough, but then, you know, maybe at work or at a job, you're not old enough yet. You're still young. You're still newbie. You're inexperienced. And uh, a lot of the times... Having that like fear of, well, you know, everybody around me seems to know more, or maybe it 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 becomes almost like a comparison game Mm -hmm. at that point. Like comparing what other people know, or other people must know something that I don't know, so I don't even want to bring it up. And that just reminds me so much of like that feeling of being like in middle school. And you don't want to say anything about it because <laughs> you're like, well, what if I don't know what this thing
1: is or yeah. what if I wrong? and it's something like dirty or weird. And
0: I just think it's like the name of a soda or like a dance move and I'm actually <laughs> wrong and I embarrass myself in front of the class, you know, but then it's like the older you get, you become more confident with those things. And you know, sometimes you become confident enough that it cures that fear and, it alleviates that anxiety, but then other times, or it just certain areas, that fear is just so ingrained in your mindset that it's, it's near impossible to break free from it. It is possible, but it just be, it feels impossible. Mm-hmm. And I think being a woman, that is especially true for us. Um, I think there's almost a... You know, the mentality of, like, a lot of women not applying for jobs unless they're completely qualified for them.
1: I was literally just having this conversation with someone earlier this week about how everything has to be, like, we don't apply for things unless Mm -hmm. we check every box. And even in, in my mind, like, I'm thinking about, like, I feel like I have to check every box and I have to excel at all those boxes that are checked. Before I'm like, okay, I can do this.
0: Oh my gosh, yes.
1: Whereas a man is just like, oh, three out of ten, okay, I'll do it anyway. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Because it's, and it's, and a lot of times it's not even like a, it's a, oh, he's lying type thing. It's just like a, that guy, he probably believes in himself, and, you know, if he gets to the interview portion, he'll just say, oh, I'll learn it on the job. Like, I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Just having the faith in yourself and the confidence to be like, I can figure this out. Like, I have the tools to, I, I, I got this, you know? Yeah. But that's, like, with so many things. And that's. And I think it's just, it's partially being a woman, and I think it's partially just being young in general. I see so many people not do things when they're young just because they're afraid to try, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: I have a lot of friends that don't cook at all because they're, like, they don't even want to look at a recipe. Like, they're afraid that they'll mess up. And I'm like, the stakes are so low when you're just cooking a recipe by yourself at home. Like, if you mess up, literally nothing's going to happen. You just (laughs) wait the like, $20. Nothing is going to happen. So when the stakes are that low and people aren't even willing to try something like that, I mean, then, yeah, think about, like, you're on a job interview or you're applying for jobs or you're on a date with somebody that you're, like, considering, like, is this somebody I want to invest my time in or not? Like, if if you are letting fear control things that are very low stakes,
1: like, you're definitely going to let fear control things that are high stakes. Yeah. Oh, you're talking to me, Gina. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. I'm gonna have to sit and think on that one for a good bit that's the thing I keep telling myself like you can read I, I think I've gotten to a post where I'm like you can read all of the self-help books and watch all the Instagram videos about you can do it and don't be afraid to do it but unless you actually take that step and just jump in the deep end like you're just not you know mm-hmm. Mm hmm. That's. I mean that's true like
0: those people I always say, you know, self-help books, all that, they're good to a certain to a certain extent. And then it just becomes it they're just making money off of like people that are struggling almost.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's like at what point is it no longer helping you? oh man I, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about this how she said you know this is my unpopular opinion she's like but I don't read self-help books anymore and she was saying like I gave them up because they were no longer helping me like they helped me at first and then it became I was almost just living in those and I wasn't doing things
1: mm-hmm.
0: I cannot remember what podcast that was but
1: yeah because I was going to be my next question which podcast is this <laughs> That's true. And it's almost like it's almost like like I've had to stop following certain Instagram accounts because, you know, it'll be all about like uplifting you, uplifting you. But then it's like for me, like reading like, oh, you are enough and you can do such and such. Like it almost is like this kind of reverse psychology thing where it's like it makes me feel like I've in order for that to mean anything to me, that post to mean anything to me, I have to have this belief that there is something that needs to be improved. You know what I mean? Mm, you know what that I'm... is good. So it's like, if I'm reading this, and in in like in order for me to get something from this of knowing that I'm enough, like I have to have this belief that I'm not enough in order to get something from that. And so then you feed off yes. of that because you feel good about it, but it's almost like creating issues that aren't even there. So I had to, I had to like literally unfollow a bunch of accounts. I don't even read self-help books because I never finish books in general. So I was like, why the hell am I buying these books (laughs) if I'm only going to get through like chapter one? (laughs) Yeah. That's why I'm so much
0: more about podcasts. (laughs)
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um,
0: Wow. That is so good. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Thinking that something needs improved constantly when you're reading those. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Yep. So so now like the kinds of accounts that I'll follow or are like maybe ones that like bring awareness or, or like offer tools for things that I'm already aware of of myself. So for example, I just saw like this recent post and it was talking about the like this it was like a roadmap of <laughs> actually having um Maybe it wasn't like having difficult conversations, but it was like a roadmap of, yeah, I guess it was about difficult conversations. And so, you know, like part of it was like the having the awareness that needs to be talked about. And then there was this point at which it was like um, you feel the discomfort. And so like looking at that post, I was like able to navigate like, oh, usually I turn and run at this point of the roadmap where I'm feeling uncomfortable and then I just like take off in the other direction. So, but like reading things about like, that are supposed to be like inspirational or aspirational, like I can't do those anymore. Cause it puts me in this like repetitive place of like helplessness in a way. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I think there's also distinguishing the difference between inspirational and aspirational.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, I feel like, things that are inspiring to you um that there's like a certain level of when you're hearing that inspiring it's like that that's something that could actually happen mm-hmm. and that I could actually be like working towards but where, when I hear the word aspirational I think of like that's something that's like unattainable that like I just are very like likely to not be obtained that I just want to like look at
1: you right, know right so like you know a lot of the times when
0: I'm like taking photos I always hear the word like oh like this isn't this is aspirational you know and just like you know you're reading a story and it's like the character is like living in New York this like posh lifestyle (laughs) like making so much money like that's aspirational like that's not like likely to happen but you're like reading a book about like Hillary Clinton or something then that could become like inspirational because they're not just saying hey look at my lifestyle don't you want this Yeah, it's like look at my lifestyle and gleam some nuggets or some words of advice that I've lived for my life so that you can take that and you can use that for your life
1: yeah, yeah.
0: or as aspirational is just like hey look at this don't you want this
1: exactly yeah I totally agree the interesting thing about like people who create like aspirational versus inspirational content is that like while we're all like looking at them online, like they're actually doing the work, even if they are creating content that like is very unattainable, like they're still like doing the work while we're all like sitting. Oh
0: yeah.
1: So yeah.
0: Well, I think like something I'm, you know, passionate about right now is just like, uh, relationships versus, like, singlehood and, like, singleness, mm-hmm. and, you know, when you're on Instagram, there's, like, so much that's, like, fed to you, and, like, so many things that you hear and see, and there is, like, a lot of, like, aspirational imagery, you know, being fed to you. Um, like, I'll get, like, on my Explore page, a lot of wedding photos or photos of rings, and... You know, that could be, like, kind of saddening towards your mental health, like, seeing those things. And then you're also getting fed maybe images of, like, um, somebody that's just, like, a, a single girl that's, like, traveling around the world, you know? And you think, <laughs> well, that's what singleness should look like. I should be traveling around the world. Like, that's aspirational, you know? Or I should be getting married and having this... $10,000 wedding dress and this like $20,000 like two carat diamond ring you know and it but like really like the the it, like, the like things that I do pay attention to or the things that are actually inspiring to me are usually sometimes it could be famous people but most of the time it's just people in my everyday to day life mm-hmm. you know like people in my church that are older and single I, I like love just following them on social media, knowing them in real life and just being inspired by their truth because I can actually see that in real life and know that that's how they're actually living and knowing that that's obtainable, um, or following and knowing couples that I actually know and see are like happy you know, because it's one thing to be posting photos online of, like, these this perfect life, these, like, perfect relationships, Then you don't know in real life they can be miserable. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, like, so off track from what we were no, talking
1: No, no, wow. no, that's good. So, I feel the exact same way. Like, it's very interesting. I mean, I have my own feelings about social media and how they market to people. And so, like, they have so much information about us that, of course, they're going to You know, the algorithms are going to play out to where you see photos of like wedding rings and like single women traveling the world. For me, what pops up is oftentimes like people in these like rosy, 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 happy marriages and they never have any problems and they're traveling to Europe and this and that and you know they just or that like, they just got pregnant and now they're about to have their kid and they've got this like beautiful beautiful nursery and blah 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 so like those are the things that pop up for me and as someone who is married and has been separated for i would say what half the year mm-hmm. like to see those things and like things were already kind of on a downward spiral before I even moved out but like That to me is like you always have to kind of guard your heart from things like that in a lot of ways because you will be like oh why are these people always happy and so for so for me what's inspiring to me as someone who's married is the kind of content where people who are married talk about their issues yeah because first of all I think it's such a disservice to people who aren't married Because, you know, you would be led to believe like before I got married, like I would see those types of posts that you see and like I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, in my mind, I think for some reason, I thought that like you go into a marriage and that other person is supposed to make you happy like the people on social media, they make each other happy. But like you can't find your full source of happiness from another person. Yeah. And I don't feel like that's talked about enough. So for me, I'm inspired by people that talk about those types of things in their marriage or just relationships or whatever.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's something that people don't talk about um, because it's, it's so taboo. And it's just funny that we live in a society right now where nothing seems to be taboo. So the fact that, like, rough marriages is like... <laughs> A taboo subject is, like, hilarious to me when people, I hear the craziest things. Um, But I think it's because people don't necessarily view marriage as, like, a relationship, but they view it as, like, an item or, like, a blessing that they have. Mm. Um, And I think that they think if they talk about it or if they're going through a hard time, Then that means that they're less than that they that their blessing isn't good enough that they this gift that they have is going to be taken away, Um, but it's like this isn't like an object that you've been given you know like this is a relationship with another human being like there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs and I think by not highlighting the 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 down moments yes you're doing a disservice to people that are not yet married by breeding a false light of what it's going to look like to be married but then also you're just doing yourself a a, like a huge disservice because I think not just with marriage but with any strife in your life with any pain with any anything anybody's going through, like, the answer to everything to me other than God, like, the answer to any problem is community, Mm -hmm. like, in my opinion, like, the answer, the thing that's going to always, always, always help a situation is community, and, like, being around other people, and, like, telling your story to other people, and asking for advice, and seeking advice, and, like, being open, and hearing other people's stories, and, and just not being alone, Um, in any form of grief not being alone in any form of pain and I think especially with like marriage so many people they don't feel like they are alone because they have that other spouse you know so they're like well we're not alone in this because we have each other so we'll just deal with this, this pain we'll deal with what we're going through on our own we don't have to get anybody else involved because that will look negative that will look bad in society's eyes if we're going through this if we're fighting if we're going to couples therapy but really those things shouldn't be looked at negatively that's like you you're you're helping your relationship you're helping yourself like you're trying to make things better and by bringing that to light to community you might find out that you know your friends your neighbors they went through the same thing you know they struggled with that same thing 10 years into marriage or they struggled with that same thing um, what, after they had a kid and if you would have just asked and known there's like something so magical about when you're going through something and you find out that somebody else is also going through <laughs> it or has been through it.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Like that's the most inspiring thing is to like hear like wow I'm not alone in this.
1: Yeah I think when so when Okay, so if this does become a a podcast episode, to give backstory, me and Akil separated in right after Memorial Day, literally the day after Memorial Day, and I moved out two weeks later, and that weekend before I moved my things to my new apartment, I went to go stay with Gina for the weekend. (laughs) This was already pre-planned. It just happened to be the weekend that I was (laughs) a wreck, and so... Um, but up until that point, Gina, no one, the only people that knew that I was leaving was, and you might know this already, it was my mom and my sister and my dad. I told no one else. And then you, I told you, but it's kind of like, for me, the reason why I didn't tell anyone that there were issues, one, these issues have been probably building up for like a year plus, and we'd only been married for like two Two and a half. So that says a lot already. Um, but for one thing, like, I didn't tell anybody leading up to it because I didn't even want to deal with those issues myself. Like, no one wants, like, it's it's scary to be like, this isn't working. We're going in circles. But then it's also like, once I did make that decision to move out, there was this fear of like, I think, I think I took I felt like it was a failure and I felt like that failure was a reflection on me, like directly on me. And so instead of just saying, you know, like we're two people and this isn't working right now and this is just something that happens. Like I was like, no, no, like I'm a failure, not this marriage Mm -hmm. is a failure. And so what I will say for sure is like the longer that I went without telling anyone like the more like taboo shame I felt around it. So I feel like the not talking does breed more taboo, more shame around that kind of thing. Whereas when I did start telling people, I think I just got to a point where it was like hard to hide it, you know, like yeah, I couldn't, like I would have to explain, oh yeah, I'm looking for an apartment. And I would be like, we are looking for it. Like I was like trying to like cover it up. And eventually it was just like, I can't keep up with all these lies. I can't remember who I told, who to what and so when I did start telling people like oh yeah like I moved out we're separated right now like it was actually the complete opposite it's almost like a relief because it's like you're taking ah. off your mask in a way (laughs)
0: yeah well and that's how I feel like we've been designed as humans um I mean you read in the bible that like you're to confess your sins okay so that I don't think it's necessarily just your sins. It's just you're confessing. Just anytime you confess something that's in your in your heart that's like negatively bringing you down, whether that's your sin or it's just the nature of the world that we live in that is because of the original sin. We live in a broken world. Just anytime there's something that's going wrong and it's affecting your heart, the second you confess with your mouth to like somebody else. Whoever that may be, and you just tell them and, and confess sounds like such a like a like a oh you go into like a confessional room and you say it. But just, it's just saying it's allowed You're just you're breathing it into the world. You're just saying it aloud. The second you say it, there's something that feels so like oh like I just lifted a weight off my shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Saying like this is something I've been struggling with, or like this is what has been like making me so sad lately, or you know this is like this thought I have in my head, like saying aloud, like, I think I'm going to be alone forever, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then it's, like, somebody, you know, that's, like, something I, I've i been struggling with, and then saying that aloud has really, like, brought to light around other people, like, well, why is that a fear of yours? You know, why is that bringing you down? And, like, really getting to the root of it mm-hmm. and then kind of realizing, like, this isn't a negative thing, so why am I so I- – I'm framing it in such a negative way in my heart. But the second you bring it to light, you start talking to other people, it's like – wow it like just it it, like it's like other people lifting this like huge backpack off of you and being like it's okay we can all carry it together
1: yeah yeah that's so good
0: and I think like that too real quick like with the outspoken nature of me (laughs) as you were putting (laughs) it um that's one aspect that if my mom's listening to this sorry Mayor, um, <laughs> Mayor. not putting you down there um, this is just the truth I yes you know I grew up in a like very outspoken household but one thing that you know we were taught to not do is not to air our own problems with anybody else um, so if you had a problem with somebody else if you had a problem in the family if you had a problem like that was your own problem you just that You were told you keep that secret. You mm. keep those kinds of things, you know, secret. Even um, very, uh, like, just social things, like, are you for or against abortion? Like, you know, big things like that, you know, it would be like, that's, you don't tell people your opinion on that. Mm. Like, oh, we don't tell people, you know, like, these big hot topics, you know? We don't tell people our opinions. We, we keep that secret, and... That's how my mom is, and I I think that's how she, you know, wanted me to be, and that was not how I was, Um, you know, and from a very young age, I would be the person that would be, you know, at school, like, talking about religion with people.
1: (laughs) I Um, could totally see that. (laughs)
0: Yeah, or I would be talking about these, like, you know, really politically charged, topics, you know, uh, like legalizing of marijuana versus, <laughs> you know, yeah, abortion, and just like crazy, these huge topics, and just like spelling my opinion, and like getting myself in trouble sometimes with people, getting in these debates that I didn't need to be in, <laughs> because I just, I, I just like can't keep things in like that, and I think it probably drives my mom a little crazy, but I, I am just like, yeah, if I have an opinion on something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it and I'm going to tell people what the opinion is and I've come to the point now where I'm open to hearing other people's opinion and transforming my mind on certain subjects but I just can't keep things in especially when I'm going through something especially when I have like a, a pain or a secret it's just I can't deal with shame and I cannot deal with guilt and I cannot deal with like these things that weigh on me I have to like get it off I have to like tell people what I'm going through and you know that's that's me
1: yeah well I've definitely I think I again wish I was more like you in that sense <laughs> um I have like had to grow to get to that point in a lot of ways I think part of it's just from my upbringing and like we're also like that like you know what stay what what happens at home stays at home type of thing like you don't talk yeah. about any personal stuff with anybody that's not family which yeah. is kind of funny cuz even stuff that happens personally with you on an individual level like you don't talk about with that fam- talk about that with family <laughs> so it's like you keep yeah. it all together and in you know um so yeah i think that's good this whole idea of of just saying it just just saying it
0: just say it already.
1: yep 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 so, cause almost, it's almost like the agony of, like the anticipation of telling someone or the desire to tell someone is almost, I think it's harder than the actual after it's already said. You know what I mean? Mm. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Well, this has been good. I, um, man, I'm super excited. I think this, I think I might just make this the first episode. Of season three. Oh my three. God, that
0: scares me! Why? I don't know. I'm like, did I do a good enough job? Like,
1: you- i throat is like,
0: <laughs> I've been like trying to not like <laughs> cough this
1: whole time. No, no, you're good. You know what's funny though is that every, I feel like <laughs> everyone that I interview, and even when I've been interviewed for things, like that's one of the first questions that's asked after the fact. Like, oh, did I do good? Did I do good? (laughs) Because we're all like in some way seeking that kind of validation.
0: Oh my God. A thousand
1: percent. I just, you know, my big thing is I just, I feel like people should have more of these conversations. And Mm -hmm. these are the things we talked about are a lot of things like that people don't talk about with others. Like they may think it, but they don't necessarily say it. So these kinds of conversations where we're just like saying the things that lots of people are thinking i think it'll give other people the, like the empowerment to go and have those conversations and kind of seek things for themselves you know what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah so true you're done good gina you too <laughs> You've been listening to Undiscovered Worth, the podcast. If you enjoy, be sure to rate, subscribe, and share with others. Also, be sure to follow Undiscovered Worth on Instagram and Facebook.